Hi, this is Adam Copeland from the Zoobcast. You're listening to the Third Line Plug Setscast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sandscast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jancy. Tim, am I coming in fine this week, or am I coming Yeah, coming in great. Perfect, because, you know, I don't want another incident of last week, because, as many of you know who listened to the last week's episode, I came in super quiet. That was on me. I turned down my input on my end just because when i'm doing the stutzla and the hot sambacho it didn't come through it also didn't come through on that episode too so i'm gonna have to change that up when we get to those games now before we get to doing that tim we gotta talk about today's cover athlete because today's episode is season six episode nine in chronological order episode 133 the cam talbot edition of the third line plug sensecast So just a little background about Cam Talbot. He was signed as a free agent with the New York Rangers in March of 2010. He went on to play parts of nine seasons with the New York Rangers, Edmonton Oilers, Philadelphia Flyers, Calgary Flames, and Minnesota Wild, and is currently in his first season with the Ottawa Senators. So talking about Tam Tam Talbot, or (laughs) Cam Talbot, you know, he, he was one of those guys that I remember when he was with the Rangers, he was kind of like the way, if you remember when Jonathan Bernier was with LA, he was just kind of that well-regarded backup that everybody wanted as a starter. And then he goes on to become a starter, and he's been a pretty good starter. Although when you saw him in Edmonton, it looked like they just ran him into the ground and didn't look good in some of the other spots. Comes to Ottawa in a shocker of a trade because we didn't think that we were going to get him. It was not one of those deals where it was like, oh, yeah, it was in the works. It was kind of whatever. It was sort of Minnesota re-signs Fleury. Talbot announces he wants to be traded. And what, like the day or two afterwards, we trade Gus from? Yeah, and it was a very strange timing, too, because remember on the Ottawa side, we had Matt Murray, sorry, Pierre Dorian suggests that he is A-OK with having three goaltenders going into the season with uh, Matt Murray, Anton Forsberg, and uh, Philip Gustafson. And literally the next day, Murray's out the door. That all, And people are like, okay, yeah, you know what? Anton Forsberg and, Gusta, and Gustafson's a good one too. Mm-hmm. And then Gustafson's gone. And that just was completely out of left field. It was one of those deals that you look at it and it was like, because Gustafson was seen as the big piece coming back from the Derek Broussard trade to Pittsburgh, Comes back. It was very shaky last season, although I'm glad that he's really turned his game around with the Minnesota Wild. Now, Cam Talbot, as an Ottawa Senator, he is playing in the game tonight against Anaheim. He's He looked pretty, de- pretty decent from what I was seeing. I really have been happy with Cam Talbot so far as an Ottawa Senator, Tim. Yeah, no, like the uh, tandem of Cam Talbot and uh, Anton Forsberg has been very good for the Senators. He has been the difference for the Senators many nights. And the Sens play really well in front of them. 
one of the big things that was kind of always a bit of a was weakness that he's managed to get under wraps this season is he's gotten a lot better at hand- handling tips and deflections. And it's surprising you see that sort of growth from a goaltender that late in his career. Yeah, and you know what? It's really paid dividends for him in Ottawa. And I mean, there has been a couple of games where he hasn't looked great, but you know, it was one of those things where you watch some of the goals and it's like, well, what exactly could you have done on that play? The, yeah. the only one I can really think of, and I want to say it was in the LA game, the first goal, when he pulled himself way out of position. He, oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird save. That probably has been, other than that one game where he did just give up through four goals in about the span of 15 minutes, he's been great. Yeah, except for the bad games, he's been good. Great analysis, Tim. Wrap it up. Give me my Pulitzer. <laughs> right? I mean, that's such a, that's like the John Madden thing of football. You know, if the guy gets the football, it goes into the end zone, he scores a touchdown, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is like the uh, the telestrator with the the squiggly lines and stuff. Yeah. Good. Was it you were the one telling me? I remember, like, you went to a convent, like an anime convention. Yeah, years ago. Dressed as John Madden. Yeah, it was j- dressed up as John Madden and Brett Favre, and they had the play. They had the teleprompter play. This is good stuff. It is good stuff, Tim. It is good stuff. Now it's also good stuff, Tim is me asking the question that everybody likes to know. Uh, how's your week been going? Oh, it's been going all right. Went to a holiday party uh, with for Chelsea Psychology Department on Saturday. Oh, my God. This, this is going to be a great show. Uh, but, yeah, so you usually the psych department, they'll have yeah they'll have their holiday party. They'll have, like, a bunch of, uh, like, big buffet sort of thing. Not great this year. Yeah, I've heard those psychology parties are quite mind blowing, though. Ah uh, ha ha! All right, I'll see you, everybody. Thanks. Yep, see, there see we go. <laughs> yeah, like it's usually, usually like buffet style. So mm-hmm. I was like, time to open up my pants here. Yep. Get I the belt. Yep, I'll hook the belt. Now there was only really enough for everyone to have one plateful. Really, they just didn't go super yeah. hard. And. Only one of the only one of the entrees was even any good. So if you picked wrong, like if you picked that overcooked salmon instead of the chicken, sucks to be you. Yeah. Well, I gotta ask him, like, how many people was at this party though, man? If you're only like serving sixty a buff- or so, yeah. How ex- I'm very confused because honestly, I worked in kitchens for years. I've worked buffets. You would think with sixty people, they would have cooked enough so everyone could at least have two plates. I'm guessing they probably, they probably, but yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're ordering, like, yeah, most places when they do a big event, right. They charge X dollars per head, right. If they're doing a buffet style. I mean, I worked at a school, so I wouldn't know. Like it was already. Well, they'd give you a plate count that you were aiming for, right. Like a head count, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They would give us a head count at that point. Yeah, so like usually, like when I've been looking at banquets at most places, they'll charge you X dollars per person. Yeah, so it's like, it was weird too, because like they had a lot of extra, like they had like odor style appetizers and then dessert. And there was like a ton of like, it was actually really funny. They they overbought on the appetizers 
so that there was like still some after dinner. So I was going up. <laughs> what kind of appetizers were there? I was like, imagine those like, they're better quality, obviously, but it's like kind of those M&M meal kit. Sorry, like the M&M meats frozen appetizers. So you had like the little bits of chicken, the uh, Swedish meatballs. Oh, uh, those ones. Okay. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Like some deep fried uh, string beans. And like these mini pierogies. I like mini pierogies. Actually, I got a funny, I got a story to tell you when we get to talking about my week, but I'll wait till you. Then. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, these are cheap, but they're good. I don't care. I will eat them. And then the dessert was like your standard GFS desserts, your Cisco cakes and stuff like that. Yeah. And there was, and there was a massive surplus of those. So. No, I know you got a bit of a sweet tooth. Do you have a favorite sort of dessert cake? I've always been partial to Boston cream pie. See, I've only had the the donut ones, like the Boston creams. I've never had the Boston cream pies. They are very good. Uh, I re- Actually, I think I mentioned on the podcast once that I actually went down to Fanwell Hall and bossed it and bought one. I, I just ate a little bo- Boston cream pie to myself. Man, that would have been season one of this show. I know you were living your best life, Tim. Yeah. Never stopped. Which, going to Boston or this podcast? Uh, living the best life part. That is true, Tim. That is true. And now you got your lovely wife, Chelsea. Yeah. Best life with you, so. We're good. Good. Actually, you know what I was thinking about? Because you're talking about those desserts. I'm trying to remember. I think it's uh, either a tuxedo cake or a millionaire's cake. One of those Costco makes it, and it's tiramisu. That's what a tiramisu cake. Oh yeah, it's like the one that comes in the glass. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, those are so good from Costco. Shout out to Costco. Actually, you know what they do? They do a really good buttered chicken as well. I've never had their buttered chicken, but then again, I don't. I don't really go to Costco, so I know we and we've talked about this in the past. I mean, I know you have a house and a career and a wife. I think. You really become an adult the day you get the Costco card. But like But I know it's only the two yeah, of you, right? There's only the two of us. We show up we shop at co-op. Or Safeway or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, Tim. So Tim, we should move away from talking about Cam Talbot and announce our cover athlete for next week's episode. Holy crap, that was still in Cam Talbot. <laughs> I know. But you Amazing. know what though? We are going to have a great episode, like I said, man. Not only because it's Cam Talbot's our cover athlete, but we also go to announce next week's cover athlete for next week's episode, season six, episode 10, in chronological order, episode 134, the Joey Decord episode, the third line plug, Sensecast. He played like 12 NHL games total, so it's going to be tough to talk about Joey Decord, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Keep in mind, which of the other two would you want to talk about? That's that's there was incredibly Shane and Darren Rumble. That's fair. Yeah, Joey Decord has played 15 career games total, nine of which with the Senators. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't have a goals against have sorry, his save percentage is still sub 900. Yeah. Actually, you know what's funny, Tim? I'm just looking up the rundown right now. I I blew it. I uh-huh. brought the, the the weekly recap. Before we did, we announced our cover athlete for next week. Yeah, you just like you could kind of Lego blocks that all together, right? Eh? That's true. 
That is true. I mean, the you, power like, of editing. John Madden, like, telescreen. Like, all right, so here you go. This one, this one goes here. And then, and Tim and Taylor talk about this one. And here's this one. There's a. And you just pick up this section of the show and move it over here and had a little uh, solo part over there to Brett Favre. So I'm going to recap my week a little bit, Tim, because, you know, it's pretty eventful week, to be honest with you. Okay. So I do want to give a quick shout out to my oldest brother who is is having another child. Yeah, expected in April. I, of course, only found out about that yesterday. So thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> but not only that, my sister and now my bro- my sister and now brother-in-law, they got eloped in California today. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know about either one of these. <laughs> But I will tell you about something that I did know about. So this past week, my girlfriend Katrina, hey baby, her friend Desiree came out from Alberta. And it's funny because like she's, Katrina's always tried to get her friends to come out for the last three years that she's lived out here. Yep. She has like one. She had one friend that's come out to see her. And so it's funny when Katrina listens to this, she'll laugh. Katrina has been trying for three years to get Desiree to come out. One guilt trip from Taylor later. <laughs> He's like, okay, fine. I'll book a flight and fly out. So Des came out on Friday. It's been great. We've just been hanging out with her the last couple of days since I was off. And my buddy Trey came up from Victoria. So we were hanging out, having a few drinks. And I also recorded the next episode of The Great White Experience. Trey and I sat down and we just talked about some old memories of the restaurant that we worked at. And it's been fine. I mean, you know, Katrina and myself and Des have just been hanging out the last couple of days and we've been showing her around a few places. And we took her to the Couch and Valley Inn, which okay. has like the pub restaurant attached to the hotel because it's become like one of our new favorite places. Because, you know, in Duncan, there's like a, there's a few restaurants there that are actually very good and actually deserving to go to. And find out CVI is actually now one of them because apparently they have new cooks and the new owners come in. And oh, nice! So it's been pretty good. Yeah, we've gone there a couple of times. They do a really good chicken strip. Okay. Oh, here I am eating chicken strips like I'm a six year old, but <laughs> but I am actually kind of jealous because CVI used to do a grilled cheese burger. Oh, okay. So, okay, you know how you have like the hamburgers, right? There's burger meat, two buns. You eat it. Yep. Take the bun part of it out. Yep. It's a grilled cheese. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. It it was I ate it and I'm just like, oh god, yes. Oh it's so <laughs> good. Oh. But unfortunately they took it off the menu and mm-hmm. we went to brunch on third, which is our new favorite brunch place in Duncan. I'm gonna have to see if I'm gonna just check my schedule. Maybe I'll try if uh take you and Chelsea there. Yeah, we'll be uh, on the island starting on the on the nineteenth, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll figure that out because yeah, I've never been to the Couch and Valley Inn either. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, are you staying in Langford for the first part, or are you usually? In- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When we're in Victoria, we're also going to be trying cakes. You got important. Right? You got to know what you're getting into. But uh, what was I going to say? But is it as good as a uh, old Duncan standout, the Doghouse? Yes. Okay. I I would say that I I like the dog house's food. 
but I just think that the CVI is actually better. Okay. Yeah. Compared, I still remember we went to that. Uh, what the heck was the pub we went to in Mill Bay? Sorry, Mill Bay, Maple Bay, where I got the burger and it had like the. It looked like someone just cut the top half of an onion and shoved it on my burger. Oh, was that? Uh, I, I know exactly which. I know yeah. exactly which place you're talking about. God, it's gonna drive me nuts. I remember that because you, Katrina, Chelsea, and I went there. Oh yeah, with Andrew. With Andrew, that's right. Yeah, it's funny because like remember when we were coming back and we saw the kid on the bike and you're like, "Hey, Tay, you should honk at him." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and he's just looking at us like, "What the fuck?" The kid on the bike. Yeah, go harass this man who's vulnerable. <laughs> no, he was like a teenager. Even funnier. Right. Is this where the re- the listeners are reminded that just deep down within Tim, there's a jerk always trying to get out? Well, I mean, in fairness, we haven't done an episode talking about Great Nine memories. It's true. That's right. You will you'll, you'll one day learn what 15-year-old Tim was all about. At least to an outward observer. That's true. That's true. So... You know, normally with these kind of episodes, Tim, we don't usually talk about our previous episodes because, honestly, it just comes down to... It was an episode that was good. But, yes, I think the only thing we could talk about last week's episode was just the fact that I fucked up on the volume. It was very noticeable when I went back to listen to it because, you know, I sound like this. And then there's you, and you're talking like this. Yeah. What, you didn't want to be Prince? No. I do have one more thing I want to talk about. Sure. So, I got an American Express credit card over the last month. Holy shit, is that thing hard to use? Okay, is this very different than the time you went to President's Choice and you got the credit card from them because you wanted ice cream? Yes. I I thought I thought the Amex was a good idea. And they're like, look at all the places you could use Amex. And I should have realized, if they're trying to tell me there's a lot of places you could use Amex, the Converse statement is immediately true. There's a lot of fucking places you can't use Amex. I was actually surprised when I went into a goddamn Dairy Queen and they didn't take American Express. Really? That was the one that surprised me. Just because it's... Was it just because it's an American credit card? No, it's because it's... Well, a lot of places don't take it because it has high fees. For the merchant. Okay, fair enough. Now, but if you go into the States, do they A lot of more places in the U.S. take Amex. Okay, so yeah, when you and Chelsea inevitably go back into the United States, maybe into Montana. Fuck your rape above it. But no, it's just very, it's just like, I I wasn't surprised that like the Chinese, like Chinese restaurants weren't taking Amex. It's it's even a hit or miss if they take a credit card. Uh, Sorry, when I mean Chinese, I mean like run, like actually run by like Cantonese people from like uh southeastern China. No, no, I got you. I got yeah. you. Uh I know I could see it in your brain. You're just like, I'm gonna choose my words carefully. Very careful. I, I don't want Tay to have to edit this out. <laughs> so yeah, no, but I got this card. It like it has like all these awesome perks. And like, oh yeah, you could even earn three times the points when you like use your credit card at restaurants. Yeah, that's fucking great, but I found one restaurant that's taken it so far or five i've been to which one 
Uh, it was native tongues tachyera on like near the saddle though. Oh, okay. It is a bougier place, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, like the one that also is a little surprising because uh, on the Amex site that says, look at all these places that take Amex, they listed like a neighborhood pub I go to. I was like, okay, that's great. They don't take it anymore. And Amex didn't bother to update their site. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how long this Amex experience goes for. Yeah, I still remember when you told me that about the president's choice for credit card because you wanted to get ice cream. I remember that because Adam was just like, oh, no, I got a story to tell all you guys about that. <laughs> and then he told it on his podcast and it was funny. Actually, OK, go back to last week's episode. Remember how we were talking about the described audio bit? Yeah. Or yeah. The, or the week previous. I can't remember. We've been doing it on and off for like three weeks. Yeah, but we made a comment about that. We were just oh, like, yeah. Last week. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Adam d- direct messages me yesterday he go, or the other day and he goes, by the way, I love that bit. Described audio. With a visually impaired. With a visually impaired. Tim is now rubbing his eyes over his sun over his glasses because he is laughing and he's pushing the hair away from his face. Yeah, maybe if the Avex card turns out that I can't use it, fucking, like most of the places I go on a regular basis, we might have a described audio for the visually impaired. Tim snaps his metal credit card in half. We need to get that on the podcast, man. <laughs> Tim Rage quits American Express. I know it's the unfortunate sighting of us not being a video podcast because that would have been great. Well, Tim, there is another place that they don't accept Amex. Is this segment I like to call Top of the Hour? Nailed it. <laughs> Ah, the power of editing they will never know how many times that we had to do that one segue into top of the hour but you know looking at top of the hour even though it's going to be a short top of the hour this week does not mean that we're going to have some big stories to talk about now as everybody knows i hate talking about death but for top of the air this death is actually pretty significant because of the players this gentleman helped bring into the nhl Former Edmonton Oilers scout Barry Frazier passed away at the age of 82. Frazier was named the Oilers Director of Scouting in 1979 and helped oversee the drafting of future Oiler Hall of Famers Mark Messier, Yara Curry, and Paul Coffey. Yeah, that's a heck of a resume. Although I imagine like a lot of those guys would probably end up into the NHL in some capacity. Although Yari Curry is the most interesting one because that was another one of those early players to kind of jump into the NHL. Yeah, especially coming out of Finland because nobody from Finland had really made the NHL. But it's funny that I'm surprised he, I'm sure he might have came from the WHA like Gretzky did. And I think Mark Messier did too, but I think Mark might have been a draft pick of the Oilers as well. Now, I'm actually going to quickly bring up the Edmonton Oilers overall draft history because Barry only worked for the he worked from 1979 to nine to 2000 with the Oilers yeah so I'm gonna from 99 back I'm gonna bring up some names he, he helped draft okay yep Mike Comrie 99 okay Sean Horkoff in 98 uh Jason Chimera in 97 
Boyd to Reeves in 96. This is the one that I think everyone is still mad about in Edmonton. Steve Kelly in 95. What? Do you want to know? Okay, so Steve Kelly got taken sixth overall by the Edmonton Oilers. The Winnipeg Jets had the seventh pick. Would you like to know who went number seven to Winnipeg? I'm guessing it's uh, the finish flash. Shane Doan. Shane Doan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oilers fans were so pissed because, again, he is from, I think he's from Castor, where my girlfriend is from. So it would have been perfect. He's from Edmonton. Alberta would have been great. George Larocque also went there. Ryan Smith got drafted 94. Uh, who else got drafted here? Jason Arnott in 93. Marishlov Shatan, the best name in hockey right there. Uh, Kirk Balfi. Oh, yeah. Martin Jinsky. I mean, there's a number of players, I mean, that got taken here. But I'm not going to really go through. But that's pretty much the ones that you really would have to know host the 80s oiler teams because there's just so many players that this guy helped draft in edmonton yeah and uh that's that's a career well lived right it is it absolutely is man so we're gonna move on and talk about the next story the international ice hockey federation has announced their hot hall of fame class for 2023 said class includes former nhlers christopher huey brian leach and Henrik Zetterberg. I completely forgot about Chris, uh, Cristobal Huey. That one surprised me, eh? Because, like, his NHL tenure was short. Yeah. And I felt like he was always more hyped up than he was actually good. I think of Cristobal Huey, and it's funny because I thought he played longer than he did, too. Yeah, because I thought he played about like five, six or seven years, but he was only really there for about four. Yeah, uh, maybe because he was the one of the first draft picks from France. That's probably it. I don't know. That's a pretty good Hall of Fame class, to be honest with you. I don't think there's anyone that I'm really opposed to. One, because I look at that list and I'm like, I'm not exactly sure who half of these people are outside of the NHLers. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now, we don't have any signings. We don't have any Ottawa Senators news to talk about, Tim. But we do have some suspensions to talk about. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, they also forfeited money that involves sense. So here we go. Buffalo Sabres forward Jeff Skinner was suspended three games for cross-checking Pittsburgh Penguins forward Jake Gunzel. Skinner also forfeited $145,945 and 95 cents. Oh, man, Jeff Skinner lost his mind on this one. Like, he's like, he is slashing Gensel, then he cross-checks him in the face, then drags him down and just keeps wailing on Gensel. And he's, like, punching the, if you look closely, it looks like he's even punching the ice after Gensel gets up and skates away. Like, this is the sort of thing where you get a lengthy suspension and a fine, despite no injury. I think the NHL Department of Player Safety got this one entirely right. No, they did. They 100% did. I mean, if he had gotten injured, and you always have talked about this, they shouldn't, I can't remember how, what, how it goes. It was like, they should suspend on intent. They should intent yep. on. Yeah. Yeah, it's always suspend on intent. Oh, and 
be consistent in the way that you approach uh, your suspensions because uh, that reduces the incentive to just do these sort of things because you know you're gonna get you're gonna get got you're gonna be suspended. So yeah, good on them. There was no injury on the play, and they still suspended. I I, I think that's it's the right way to go. Yeah, it, that was insane. It was as same as this next suspension, Tim. Seattle Kraken defenseman Jamie Ozilek was suspended three games for an illegal check to the head of Washington Capitals defenseman Alexander Alexiev. Olesak also forfeited $74,594 and 58 cents. This is what's in the Elysiac hit is also insane because like the guy's just there and then Elysiac just comes by and elbows him in the head, like the side of the head. What the hell is that? Can we also men- make a mention there uh, that the Washington Capitals in the game wore the reverse retros? They look good. You know what? Because it's a true story. So I had to go to Source for Sports yesterday. I had to get something for my nephew for Christmas. So I'm yep. just looking around at the jerseys and whatever. And they had a whole section of all the reverse retros that they had. They had I saw one of the Sharks ones. They're, they're all right. But yeah, they had one Boston. They didn't. Did they have a? Yeah, I think they had the Fishermen. They had the Caps. They had the Leafs. The only ones I didn't see, I didn't see Montreal. I didn't see Vancouver. I didn't see Tampa. Ottawa, naturally. Didn't fucking see one of them. (laughs) But I also saw one of the Seattle Kraken reverse retros. In person, I still like them. Uh, What is their reverse retro? like? Is it just like a, a palette swap or... No, basically what it is, it's the, it's like the barber pole look. Right, because it's the millionaire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's in their totem colors or whatever. But the Sorcerer Swords still has the the OG Islander Fisherman jersey sitting there. Nice. I seriously debated buying it. Also, (laughs) they have the Calgary one too. I don't like the Calgary one. See, Katrina does. Katrina does. And it's funny because she she put on, it was one of the Fanatics ones. She put it on and she, I think she really liked it. I, it was a little bit too small. It could have been a little bit like an XL, but I think it was just a large. Right. It's funny because like, even she said to me when we were driving away, she says, you know, that Fanatics jersey fit fitted better than the Blasty one that I bought her. Oh, the Adidas? Yeah, the Adidas one. Like, I, like the your Batherson one, that's an Adidas one, right? Yep. Yeah. What do you think about the fit of the Adidas jerseys? I think we've talked about this. I personally feel maybe this is a hot take. I think the Fanatics ones fit better. I don't know. I've never worn a Fanatics one. I tend to look yeah, I tend to prefer the Adidas fit. Although I've always I always like the Reebok fit. Yeah, no, the Reebok fits are great, but I know even like I have the Stutzla fanatics one the only problem i have is that you look at the it's the logo the logo looks so cheap on it yeah because the gold is so dark it and i said this to my stepmom i says you know basically you know when you have like the actual adidas ones they actually stitch the logo on it the fanatics ones they just look like iron-ons they, yeah they look like they're, they're just ironed on a t-shirt oh wow because, I mean, I could bring out two of those jerseys right now, and I can show you the differences, but 
you know, could do that for another episode, Tim, because we got to close off top of the air by talking about yet another suspension. Toronto Police Board Pierre Engvall was suspended one game for high-sticking Los Angeles Kings defenseman Sean Dersey. Engvall is not a repeat offender. I am surprised they called this a high stick because it was basically a spear to the face. Like, yeah, you can't be doing shit like that. No. No, no, you can't, honestly, man. Yeah, and Jersey seems to be okay, so we're all good. Absolutely. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up top of the air for this week, which can mean only one thing. It's time to start talking about some games. Now, we got three games on the schedule. We've got the Kings versus the Senators, Sens versus the Stars, and the Senators versus the Predators. But before we do that, let's hit the music. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> okay, Tim, let's start talking about the Kings versus the Senators. This is a 5-2 Kings victory. Kings goals scored by Victor Arvidsson with two, Matt Roy, Mikey Anderson, and Kevin Fiala. Sens goals scored by Drake Batherson and Thomas Shabbat. Shots were 33-27 for the Senators. Three words. Burn the tape. It was a weird, it's a weird game and just so many chances where Ottawa could have buried one, but this goalie of Copley who hasn't played in God knows how long put up a 0.94 while Cam Talbot had just an awful game. Yeah. As we mentioned in the opening with him being the cover athlete. Yeah. Like at a 0.64. There were definitely Ottawa's signature defensive breakdowns at some points in the game. But, and especially that first Anderson goal, Talbot needed to have a better game. Because the home team, like the Stutzler-Giroux-Kachuk line and the Broussard, like most of the lines outside of the Pinto line, really brought it. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch much of this game. I did watch bits of the first period and it's funny because if you were to solely judge this game on bit not so much on how on the fact that la scored but the fact that L- how ottawa played in the first i would say first 15 minutes of this game you would look at that score and be like how did we lose that bad that's the thing is like it's just the goaltending just wasn't there there are a lot of very nice goals that la scored i'll give them that but Ottawa certainly deserved better that game. They did. Now, I do have a couple of notes here to make. Now, first of all, before we get into any of the players, did you get a chance to notice when they were doing the American National Anthem, the singer actually fumbled the lines? I she didn't. Actually, she actually was singing, and then she goes, oh, oh, sorry. And, and she, she completely, oh, stop, hold on. And she stopped completely because she forgot the words. And the crowd no. and the crowd cheered for her. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like when right just she got to the end, like it was like a big standing ovation for her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I really think so. Now it's also really nice, Tim, was Drake Batherson's goal on the two shots in this game. It's funny because like Brady Chuck is always known to be standing in front of the net getting those rebounds and deflections. And here's Drake Batherson getting those chances in front. Yeah, it was a lone bright bright spot for a line that just for whatever reason, was not clicking that night. 
And uh, it was also nice because like two very quick goals by LA, one of a questionable variety. This is a nice answer to keep Ottawa into the game. Then Arvidsson just pots two. And the game was basically over after that. Yeah, and it's a shame because, you know, there's also a few other guys who had good games in this one. I mean, like Thomas Shabbat, who had one goal, one assist for two points on three shots. Again, like, what a blaster that was right from the point, too. Yeah. That actually was one of, I think, Matthew Joseph's better games this season, too. And it was a shame to just not see him rewarded. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, a lot of... It wasn't like the senders were getting bad shots, either. Like, it was a lot of stuff just coming from the slot or coming from the dots. I felt Ottawa played well and probably should have won that game, but the goaltending was the difference. It really was. It really was. I mean, the other guy I could talk about here was Tim Stutzla. Two assists and five shots in this game. I mean, even though he didn't score, I mean, again, how many episodes have we talked about this like even though he didn't score he looked fantastic that's been Stutzla this whole season is that he has really stepped up and become one of the top centers in the nhl maybe not in points but the kachuk Stutzla jeru line is arguably one of the top five lines in the nhl right now and that's really impressive for the young center it is, and it's super, super great to see that happening for him. So, do you want to head off into the second game of the evening, Tim? Yeah, let's do it. Sensors of Stars. This is a 4-3 to three Stars overtime victory. Sens goals are scored by Derek Broussard, Tomas Shabbat, and Travis Hamannick. Stars goals are scored by Mirror Heiskanen with two, Niles Lundqvist, and Tyler Sagan in overtime. Shots were 32-31 for Dallas. Miro Heiskanen opens the score to make it 1-0 Dallas. Heiskanen gets his second of the night to make it 2-0 on a bad angle. Derek Broussard gets Ottawa on the board to make it 2-1 Dallas on a turnover. Thomas Shabbat scores to tie the game at 2 with a blaster from the point. Travis Hamannick tips in the Debrinkat shot to make it 3-2 Ottawa. Niles Lundqvist ties the game at 3. And Tyler Sagan scores in overtime to give Dallas the W. So this is the only game of the week I condensed because, again, we were preparing for for Desiree to come out to Alberta. I mean, Anton Forsberg, 28 saves, a .875 save percentage. I will say, though, even though he had a brutal first period, he did rebound nicely. He really did. Like, after those two wobbles from Heiskanen, he played a perfect second, and... That Lundqvist goal was very nice. I don't think he played too bad after the first period there. Yeah. yeah. Only thing that kind of annoyed me is uh, after the Sens took the lead in the third, they parked the bus. And the, the team's defense is just not good enough to do that. And like credit to Dallas for really turning up the intensity in that game. And I know a lot of people say that like the Dallas Stars are kind of a fake good team riding on the whims of uh, Jake Ottinger, but man. And Jason Robinson. And Jason Robinson, yeah. But you can really see what that team is all about in the way that they just play this very, they play a blitz and they are very good at it. Like their transitions are on point and they always find a way to get into just a really 
very nice position to just launch a good shot. And I mean, there's a couple of guys I want to talk about in this one. Well, first of all, Thomas Shabbat, one goal on four shots. And, you know, I got to give Jake Ottinger this. I mean, there was nothing he could have done on that because basically when Shabbat shot it, the defenseman was one, one knee. His skate was kind of up in the, up in the air. It hit the tip of the back of the blade and just deflected left. Yeah. It's a weird goal, but just a well-picked shot for Shabbat, right? Yeah. Well, even go, sorry, going back to Anton Forsberg, I mean, the only goal I would honestly put on him is the second Heiskanen goal. That was such a bad angle. He should have had that one. Yeah. Like, he got kind of caught cheating on the post and got beat for it. Yep. Yeah. Now, talking about Jake Odinger, Derek Broussard. Now, he scored on the lone shot, and it's really nice to see Derek finish on those chances because, you know, it was one of those chances that I'm trying to remember what happened. Dallas coughed it up and behind the net, since threw it around, and he scored. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I've been appreciating about Broussard is low-key he's putting together – just a really good third, fourth line center season. And I think whenever Ottawa's center core is all healthy, it'll be hard to take Broussard out of the lineup because he's just been playing just very effective bottom pairing hockey with a bit of skill. And like, yeah, sure, he scored on the lone shot here, but he was on the right side of the puck in uh, the ice time he had. And it's good to see just good veteran play. 100%. Now, the only other guy I could really mention here was Travis Hamanick. One goal on four shots. It's not much you can say about it. He scored. Yeah. And that's all you can really ask for. One guy that I thought played also really well was Jake Sanderson. Just up and down the ice. And whenever he was on the, whenever he was on the ice, Dallas really didn't have all that much going. I know we keep saying this, but Jake Sanderson has had an incredible rookie season with the Ottawa Senators. He has. He he really has. I mean, it's a shame that he probably won't win rookie of the year because... Matty Berniers has been incredible. Yeah. But yeah, no. Sanderson's been great. So let's turn our attention to the third and final game of the evening. Sens versus Predators. This is a 3-2 Senators victory. Sens goals scored by Claude Giroux, Alex DeBrincat, and Drake Batherson. Preds goals were scored by Yakov Trinan and Nino Ryder. Shots were 33-29 for the Senators. A fairly even game throughout. Both teams took turns giving scoring chances, with Ottawa scoring twice on the power play to secure the W. One thing we didn't mention, though, Tim, on the last game is that it was the dad's trip weekend. Right. And uh, they got a they got full effort out of uh, the game in Dallas. But I think this is a very good game in Nash against Nashville. And despite it being a three to two victory in an afternoon game, even in an afternoon game, who which we historically suck. And it's unbelievable. Nashville just looked out of it. And it was just kind of a sloppy, weird game to watch. Yeah. Excuse me. When talking about Nashville, could we quickly talk about the fact that their potential new owner is the brother of the owner of the Cleveland Browns? That's kind of funny. 
God, if he's any more, if he's anything like his old, like his brother Jimmy, watches Terry Pagula is no longer the biggest, the worst, you know, yeah, the first owner in the NHL. Well, it's not Melnick. I mean, he's dead. So it's Pagula. But anyway, let's get back to talking about this game. Now, like I said, this is the last game of the dad's trip. The one thing that really got me in the heart, Tim. Yeah. I want to say it was Hamannick's brother filled in for his dad. Aww. It's because Travis Hamannick's dad passed away when he was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but it was really great to see the dads come out. Like, great, like Keith the Chuck was there. Claude Giroux's dad was there. Matthew Joseph's dad was there. I didn't see Jake Sanderson's, though. That was the only thing. I didn't see Jeff Sanderson there. Yeah, that is a bit odd. Yeah. Now, let's go talk about these players. Now, Thomas Shabbat, three shots in this game. Okay, we need to talk about this quick. Yeah. This game is noted for one specific reason. So, Thomas Shabbat got hit in this game. He didn't like it. He got mad on the bench. <laughs> Thomas Shabbat... He got mad. He swung his stick on the bench. He hit Travis Hammock in the face, who was sitting next to him. You could see Travis leaned up against the glass, and he's just like, what the fuck, Thomas? Had that looked like that hurt, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a... Like, he broke his stick on Hammock's head. I know, and he's just like, oh, my head. Yeah. So, one line that I want to highlight, and sure. it was one that was just not really working a few previous games, is the Pinto Debrinket Batherson line. They were skating circles around uh, Nashville's top line, and they were rewarded with a very pretty goal, goal by uh, Batherson. And the weirdest goal we've seen in a while from Debrinket. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the, that Debrinket goal. I mean, one goal on three shots. I'm not going to lie, Roman Yossi had him beat all the way. Oh, yeah. There was well, no he... way he had him beat. <laughs> and that is just like, boop. The pass goes off a, a stick through UC Saros. Just through his legs. Just funny stuff. Yeah. But could we actually mention Drake Batherson's goal? Because, man, talk about a guy pulling a Pavel Datsuk on that play. Oh, yeah. Like, stick to... Front hand, backhand, off the foot, front hand again, right in. I haven't seen a complete dress down of multiple defenders and a goalie like that in quite some time. Well, and Claude Giroux also scored in this game in this game on the lone shot. And I got to say, though, this was the goal that really broke the camel's back for Nashville because, you know, you could tell the Predators were really holding in there despite Ottawa's best efforts to try and score, and then it was like seven seconds left in the period, they score on the power play. Yeah. And, well, that's the thing is, even though Nashville was winning, the tying goal just seemed to take the wind right out of the sails. Then the Debrinket goal happens, and the Batherson goal is just icing on the cake. And it never really looks like, even the Niederreiter, after the Niederreiter goal, never really felt like Nashville got back into the game, especially when Duchesne took a really dumb penalty that kind of just ended the game for Nashville right there. With four minutes, uh, four and a half minutes left, he takes a double minor. He high sticks Pinto and cuts him. Yeah. Just, and it was a really dumb play, like not looking, just kind of flails his stick around, 
like Duchesne's not the puck carrier. He just wings his stick back and hits Pinto. Like just absolute bonehead play from uh, Duchesne just ends the game for them effectively. The only other guy I could really talk about in this game was Cam Talbot. 27 saves, a .931 save percentage. I mean, he did his job. He looked solid throughout this game. Yeah, he needed that bat. Let's be real. He needed a bounce back game, and he got it. Yeah. So I do want to make... Actually, I want to make one more comment, and I should have brought this up when talking about our week, because, like I said, Katrina Desiree is out here from Alberta. So we went to Just Jake's for lunch on the Saturday. Yeah. And so anyways, like me, Desiree, and Trey were having eating lunch. And Desiree's like, oh, I don't know what I want to have. And I made a comment. I says, you know what, Des? I always have a theory when it comes to going to a new restaurant. Now, I want you to hear me out on this one. I want okay, you to hear okay. this too, okay? Yeah. When I go to a new restaurant, whether it's, you know, a pub or a sit-down restaurant or whatever, I mm. always look at the menu, especially if I've never been there before. For the most part, anyway, some places that they don't have it, I won't, I don't order, I'll order something else. I will go to a restaurant, I'll look at the menu. First thing I order is fish tacos. Fish tacos, okay. Hear me out on this, okay? Now hear me out on this. Because I have a theory. Because fish tacos, to me, is one of the easiest things to make on a, on a restaurant menu. Right. It's a tor- it's a little tortilla shell, coleslaw, and fish. Yeah, you can't fuck that up. If you fuck that up, I have zero faith in everything else that you're making on this menu. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, and you know what? It's a very solid theory that I have because I've gone to places, I've had fish tacos. If I like them, I'll go back. So unless, unless it's one of these things where like I don't have a say in it, but so for a pub, instead of the fish tacos, I use a different benchmark. I use the club. Okay. You cannot fuck up a club, but there not, are places not, who manage. Not true, technically. Not true. Not true. Yeah. I've had fucked up clubs. Yes, because you can burn the bread, burn the to- or yeah, burn the bread, burn the bacon. Way too much mayo. Way too much mail. There's so many things that can go on with a club where I think with a fish taco, it's basically three things. It's a tortilla shell, cold slot, and fish. Yeah, fair. Yeah, no, like using a benchmark, a benchmark dish to kind of measure the quality of different food places is, I think, a good way to go. It's like when I go to a burger joint, I'll always get like a cheeseburger. Just kind of benchmark it. Just just a plain cheeseburger? Yeah. Maybe a bake or a bacon cheese or something like something that like every burger joint's gonna have. Before I get like some fancy, ooh, this one has a pear tartare with uh, extra aioli on the side. I'm like, no, 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 no. Give me the nuts and bolts so I can actually taste the quality of the meat and the quality of your craftsmanship, not some bullshit to dress it up, right? Exactly, and maybe that's because I worked in restaurants and kitchens for years. That's why I have that benchmark, right? Hmm. It's kind of like what my dad always says when you're talking about a breakfast place or uh, some sort of a restaurant. He says, if you go to a place and there's no parking and there's a line going out the door. It's good. The food's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like first time I went to brunch on 3rd with Katrina. 
there was a line going out the door. Yeah, like I like when we were in Vancouver, we went to a number of places that had a line going out the door, and the food was fantastic. Yep, I remember uh, I was looking for lunch one day and bought like uh, when I was in Boston, and there's just this hole in the wall pizza joint with uh, (laughs) that line going out the door. I was like, yeah, I'm going there. It was really good pizza. Yeah, and sometimes there's a hole in the wall place is the way to go, right? Because you know it's just a small place maybe one or two three people working there yep you know yeah the, doing. yeah oh exactly exactly and japan i only eat in hole in the wall places because there's just so many of them and they're usually i don't think i've had i've had like one bad experience restaurant experience with a hole in the wall in japan okay well, what was that it was a conveyor sushi place in Shinjuku, so the business district, and the sushi was gritty. Gritty. Yeah, and like, there was some, like, the rice wasn't quite right, and it impacted the, like, the fish quality wasn't there, and the rice wasn't, like, there was something wrong about the way they prepared the rice. Mm-hmm. It was just gross. Like, are you saying, like, maybe they didn't cook the rice long enough? No, they probably didn't get the they didn't get the flavor mix right. So usually you add a bit of mirin to sushi rice to sweeten it a bit to enhance the flavor of the fish. So yeah, you use rice vinegar and mirin in when you make sushi rice. And uh I think I think they got the mix wrong. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because Chelsea's family is Japanese, correct? Yep. Okay. Has her family ever made sushi for you guys? Yeah. Well, Moreover, Chelsea and I will make it. Okay. It's tough. Like, getting the rice getting the rice done right is tough. And then wrapping, rolling it is tough as well. But it's funny because, like, when you're in Japan, like, if you're making, like, just sushi for yourself, it's a pain in the ass. But if you're making, like, a large volume of sushi, it actually becomes a lot easier because you just make a, you make a big ass roll and then just cut, 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 cut. And then all of a sudden you've got, like, a bunch. And uh, you make it like a cone. or you make a hand maki or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just you buy that shit like it's fast food. Like in North North America, like there is like delicacy type stuff you can buy in Japan as well. But uh, yeah, like a hole in the wall sushi place is going to be kind of like a hole in the wall pizza place. You can get a decent amount of sushi for like 10 bucks. That would be really good, man. I'm not going to lie. So, Tim, I don't really have any more comments to make on these games. If you want to head off to the close for another episode. Yeah, let's go for it. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug, Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at Third Line Plug. You can also find me on both at Great Wake Gipster, and you can only find Tim on Twitter at, at M901 Honey Badger. Yeah, that's a shorter episode this week, man. But you know what? Short and sweet. To the point. To the point. It was great. I liked it. Yeah. So are we doing anything special for uh, the holidays, Tay? Ooh, good question. Good question. Currently, I don't know. That's the only thing because I do work through the holidays. Yep. But... We'll have to try and figure something out because we I do want to get a Christmas episode done. Yep. We'll probably record on Boxing Day. Uh, 
Uh, we'll have to figure out timing during the for next week's episode because I do fly on the Monday. Do you want to just record on the Sunday then? Yeah, let's let's do that. I like how we're just like breaking kayfabe right in front of everybody. We're just planning in the middle of the episode. That's What's so the, good, yeah. man. That's so good. And yeah, I'm just looking at my schedule. Uh, the 26th may not work. We could do it on the 27th. Yeah, whatever works for you works for me. Wait, until next time, guys. Actually, sorry. Before we head over to the close, Tim, we got we got three games to talk about for next week. We've got tonight's game versus the Anaheim Ducks, which is also the Wade Redden Ring of Honor induction night. And I do think it's really cool. The Ottawa Senators are bringing back Wade's World. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I really like that. That's so cool. Awesome. God, Wade Redden's such a great guy. Really is, and I'm I'm glad that he's back involved with the franchise. Same. I, I remember there was somebody who tweeted out she was talking about how her mom was a flight attendant for Air Canada, so a number of the sends came on. He says the only negative thing that she can say about Wade Redden is that her mom invited the guys over for Christmas dinner and that none of them showed. Oh. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's gonna happen. Exactly. Wednesday night, we are playing the Montreal Canadiens at home and Saturday. We are in the Motor City to play the Detroit Red Wings. So that'd be good. Yeah, that uh, that's a game I really want to see because like those are two teams that I think are actually pretty close to each other in terms of where the rebuilds are, but just uh, Detroit's had the luck they've needed. Ottawa has not. Yeah, maybe we'll have to be tweeting out at Jake Rivard when we're on there. Oh, 100%. I love the fact that he just shit posts now. It's great. Oh, is it just unfiltered shit posting or? Pretty much. He was, I'm, I'm trying to remember, he made a comment about the Nashville Predators today. I'm going to see if I can actually quick, quickly bring this up because I think this is great for the listeners. Let me just have a look here. Jake, there he is. I don't have it, Jake. He says, why you should hate the Preds, homophobic majority owner, barstool lovers, admin block me, in quotations, annoying, tasteless jokes about Detroit and poverty, throws bottom feeding fish on the ice. Still better than the roster they ice. Still better than the roster, good lord. Yeah. And then the tweet he sends after is, oh, you're a Blackhawks fan? L. L. God, he is, he is actually a very, very good follow so if you're not following jake rivard on twitter everybody give him a follow and tell us that we sent you over yeah Yeah, maybe maybe we could have him on for uh for seat for our first half recap oh my god just have a whole episode where we just troll everybody and we just shit post yeah it'd be like the botsy episode hey matt have you ever watched this anime no. <laughs> I actually went back and re-listened to that episode and I really enjoy it. Uh, I hope he finds that guy outside of the farm boy. Yeah. Go Sans! <laughs> Until next time, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jetsy. Go Sans! Woo! <laughs>